Can we stop right here and just give the Lord a clap offering of praise? Our God will lead us through. He's going to get us to the other side. Amen? That's our God. Amen. That's our God. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's good to be with everybody again. It's been a while since Karen and I have been here. <clears throat> we want to thank you so very much just for your love and your support and your prayers and your friendship throughout all these years just to, to keep us going up there. Uh, not only are we the chaplain to the truck drivers, but we're the pastor to the employees up there. They have a lot of employees and the tourists and people that are passing through. Uh, the chaplain ministry is going extremely well. We're just blessed, blessed, blessed. <clears throat> In the year of uh, 2000, we had 44 chapels across America. Ladies and gentlemen, we're down to three chapels now. Yeah. The finances aren't coming in. Churches are not supporting. Men don't want to work on the chapels. So I'm blessed to be here this morning to tell you thank you. Because of you, we're still there. Amen. Amen. Yes. And what, what the, the International Office tells us is that the, the chaplain Rochelle, that's been their leading chapel for over 30 years. You know, we see a good numbers of salvations and rededications. Uh, we're doing discipleship. And as far as I know as well, there, there's other trucking ministries out there, but we're the only one that has a ladies' ministry that, women, that ministers to the women themselves. My wife Karen's been doing that for years uh, for the women. So, uh, you know, they call the dr trucking industry kind of a, a men's world, you know, but uh, there's a lot of women out there that are driving in big trucks too. So I thank God, my dear wife, she makes that available for the women. Karen does a really good job. It was a Monday <clears throat> evening, uh, about 11 o'clock at night, and I was getting ready to go home. And I put my hat on and grabbed my briefcase, and I, I locked the office door. And just as I turned around, the driver come walking inside the chapel. As he walked in, he, he says, uh, he said, can you teach me something from the Bible tonight? He said, or give me something, some, some wisdom or some hope for living in this troubled world. He said, I can't make it. He said, I'm discouraged. I want to throw the towel in. I want to give up. You know, we don't have to look very far to see if this world's in trouble, amen? Our hope's in Jesus, amen? Church, you've got the answer. It's Jesus Christ. Praise God, amen? We're complete in Him. Everything we need is found through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful God that we serve. After spending a couple hours with that man, he was just so blessed and so encouraged and, and built up in his faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were living in captivity in Babylon. It was a difficult, struggling situation. But you know, the Lord granted them the gift to be able to be with some of the wisest men there in Babylon. They won great favor with the king Nebuchadnezzar um, until he built a statue of himself. How I many of that's pretty arrogant? <laughs> you know, and he, he wanted everybody to bow down and to worship that statue. Well, thank God these men wouldn't do that. You know, uh, if they lost everything, they believed it was worth it all for their Lord. You know, what's worse than losing our life? I believe losing our intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, every time we compromise, it hinders our walk with the Lord in some way. <clears throat> you can take a basic little garden hose, and if you kink that hose, the very best, it'll slow the water down. The very worst, it'll stop the flow altogether. Folks, that's what sin does in your life and mine. When we compromise, when we give in, a little by little, it hinders that flow of the Holy Spirit in our life. Folks, we don't want that. We can't afford that as Christians in these last days. We need the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. 
Acts 5 and 32, it says that God gives the Holy Ghost to those who obey him. That's those who love the Lord. That's those who are living a sacrificed life that's set apart for God's glory and honor. In Ephesians, the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is a person. We can grieve him with our lives and the way that we live. We don't want to do that. Um, I thank God for the example that these three men in a troubled situation, what they, the example they gave to me and the encouragement that they gave as well. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Daniel chapter 3 with me. <clears throat> While you're turning there, I'm going to sing us a song. Daniel chapter 3. <clears throat> My mama read a story from the Bible long ago about Shadrach, Meshach, old Abednego, how the wicked king commanded they be thrown into the flames. Because they would not bow or deny their father's name. My mama said the king, he stood high upon a wall. When he looked in, he was shocked by all the things he saw. He thought he would find them lying dead upon the ground. But instead of three, he counted four up walking all around. And I said, Mama, wait a minute. There's one thing I must know. If three went in and three came out, then where'd that fourth man go? I'll never forget it. Mama danced across the floor. These are the words she said while shouting through the door. She said, he's still in the fire, walking in the flame. He'll be there to help you if you call upon his name. He can still deliver by his almighty power. While here below, it's good to know he's still in the fire. My friend, you may be destined to face life's hottest flames. I'm glad to tell you through the power of his name, not one flame will touch you. Come through it and you'll tell. Yesterday, today, forever, God is still alive and well. I said he's still in the fire, walking in the flame. He'll be there to help you when you call upon his name. He can still deliver by his almighty power. While here below, it's good to know he's still in the fire. If you have your Bibles here in Daniel 3 and in verse 12. Daniel 3 and verse 12. The Chaldeans, they were leaders in Nebuchadnezzar's court as well, but they hated the Jews, especially Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they went to Nebuchadnezzar and they said to him there in verse 12, 
They says, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. And that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, o king, uh, they have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I thank God for men and women who are willing to make a stand, even when it's not popular. Amen? Church, I believe that the church of Jesus Christ is getting ready to enter in in some times that we've never faced before in society here in America. And if we're not rooted and grounded in Jesus, we're going to cave in. We're going to give in. I'm seeing men and women already and pastors, elders, and deacons that are throwing the towel and they're giving up. I had a lady stop in the chapel here about a month ago, and she said, Pastor Jay, she says, we've had 12 churches in southern Illinois have just closed up. They shut up, they said. They're just not making it. I believe through the grace of Jesus Christ, we can make it. Amen? He will get us to that other side. Verses uh, 13 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and his pride, his fury, he commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, he, he spake and he said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? That question is asked to every one of us that are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we going to bow or not? The answer is either yes or no. There's no in between. There's no straddling the fence. There's no middle ground. Either you're for the Lord or you're against him. It's one or the other. And I guess this morning I'm asking the question, in what ways, Christians here this morning, have you become lukewarm and cold? And sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit, he speaks to us on a regular basis. But we need to have our ears tuned in to listen to him. If we don't, we're going to listen to the cries of this world. The cries of this world is loud. It's screaming at us. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Folks, if we're agreeing with the world, we're walking with the world. Amen? The Bible says we have no friendship. There's no fellowship uh, with, the, with the unfruitful works of this old world. We're children of God. The best we do with this whole world is we minister to them. We point them to Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. Verse 15 says, Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. He said, Hey, it'll go well with you. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast at the same hour into the midst of that burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? When troubles come, unbelievers say, where's God at? Where's he at now? You know. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. For the Lord has said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. A promise from God himself. The Bible says God cannot lie. We have his word on it. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered that old king. And they said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image. I like that phrase that it says in the King James, says, we are not careful to answer thee. What that means, they didn't have to think about what their answer was going to be. 
They already made their decision years ago that they're going to serve their God. They weren't going to compromise. And folks, we need to be that way as well in this world that we live in. You're going to be facing these kind of pressures that are coming against us. We need to know the God that we serve is able to deliver us and bring us through. Even if we're not delivered here. I like that when he said that. He says, we're still going to glorify God. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident is this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Christ Jesus. Our God will bring us to the other side, folks. He's a faithful God. <clears throat> I sat down with a group of pastors here a while back. And they said, Jay, they said, you know, you can't vote your morals and your ethics. They said, you vote your pocketbook. You vote your checkbook. You vote by your wallet. Well, I want you to know that a lot of Christians are doing that, ladies and gentlemen. Amen? But you know what? God's given us a conscience. He's placed the Holy Spirit inside of us. You and I are not going to bend or bow. We're not going to give in the standards of this world. We're going to do it God's way. We're going to honor Him. Amen? Not what the world says. But I'm seeing that, folks, over and over again. The Bible teaches in the last days there's going to be a great apostasy, a great falling away from the faith. I'm seeing that. It's all around us. Saints are throwing the towel in. They're giving up. But we don't have to. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We've got the victory. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Praise God. Verse 19 says, when Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury and full of his pride again, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, he liked these three men. He really liked them a lot. He placed them in a high position. But now, because he feels they're embarrassing him, his pride, and they wouldn't bow, well, he says, therefore, he spake, and he commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more hotter than it had ever been before. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into that burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Seven times hotter, that shows his anger and vengeance that he had towards them. It says here he had his most mightiest men. Once again, he's trying to show power and authority over the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Psalms 12, in verse 6, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation and forever. <clears throat> God's word is preserved. We can bank our eternal souls on the word of God. There's no other book like the infallible word of God. As I talk to the Muslims, do you know the Muslim religion teaches that Allah is a liar? Their God's a liar. And you know the Muslim religion also teaches that it's okay to lie to further the cause of Islam? Yolanda, our God can't lie, amen? It's not in his character. It's not in his attribute. God cannot lie. That's the kind of God that we serve, ladies and gentlemen. And you and I need to be the same way. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God doesn't change, ladies and gentlemen. He's the same. The same God that with these Hebrew young men, he's with you and I as well in the situation that we go through in our life too. The faithfulness of our Lord. Verse 22 says, Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. The fire was so hot that it consumed the king's most mightiest men. You know, if we can't take the heat, we shouldn't sit in the seat that we call ourselves to be a Christian. If you're not anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't be able to stand. It's amazing how many times when I talk to people, they'll say, as I walk to the parking lot at the truck stop, if I ask them they're a Christian, do you know everybody will say they're a Christian? But if I ask them, I said, friend, tell me when you were born again. Very few can tell me when they were born again. But here in America, I've even heard people say, well, of course I'm a Christian. I'm an American. Well, we know that doesn't make us a Christian. Amen? In Psalms 12, the Bible says, the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. It's amazing. We get leaderships that's not of God. Before long, these people who say they're Christians, they start walking on every side. They start caving in. They're giving up. They're unstable in all their ways. Church, for you and I, my brothers and my sisters, you stand firm in Jesus. Don't cave in. Amen? We're not going to straddle the fence. We're red hot for Jesus. We're going to continue with our God. He paid our sin debt in full. Verse 24 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king, he was a stone age. It means he was, he was terrified. And he rose up in haste. And he spake and he said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of this fire? They answered and he said unto the king, True, O king. Verse 25, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men, loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is as the Son of God. The fourth man is still in that fire. He's still there for you. He's fighting for you, ladies and gentlemen, today. We don't have to give up. We don't have, have to grow weary in well-doing. I had a driver say, call me on the phone the other day. There he says, Brother Jay, he says, do you ever get depressed? I said, no, sir, I don't get depressed. I said, I can get discouraged, though, in the things I see going on around the world and in our government and a lot of churches, but I don't get depressed because I know God's got it. Amen? He's in control. You know, Romans 8 and 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth is able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? That's God's word. It's his word. We need to know his word. Isaiah 42 and 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with you, the Lord says. Amen? And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, they shall not burn thee. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He says, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. He says, hey, I am your Savior. Church, we've got the victory. We've got the good news that the world needs to hear. Jesus saves, he heals, he delivers, and he sets free. One more verse. Turn way back in your Bible to the book of Hebrews. I'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, <clears throat> Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, 
and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I like that. Every weight, every little thing is trying to hinder us and hold us back. Get rid of it so we can run efficiently for the Lord, our God. And here's how we run in verse 2. We're looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, hey, our God, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The reason Jesus sat down when he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. The work of redemption is done once and for all. We can rest in his finished work, praise God. Jesus, he's the one that's my author and my finisher. I've noticed as I'm running this race, if I'm looking to Jesus, I'm encouraged, amen? But if I start looking to the left and to the right, I can get discouraged, amen? Look to Jesus. He's everything we need. He's our hope and our stay. And then verse 3 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Our mind, that's where the battleground is at. If Satan get us off track, Get a stinking thinking, not biblical thinking, not thinking on Christ, not looking to him. We can fall into weariness and discouragement and depression, anxiety. But when we look to Jesus, we find hope and purpose because he is our all in all. Colossians 2 and 10 says Jesus Christ is ahead of all principalities and powers. And he says that we are complete in him. We're complete in Jesus. That word complete means we need, we've got everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness, and it's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. I know as for me and my house, I've served the devil long enough. I want to serve Jesus, amen? He's the captain of my salvation. You know, if you're saved, I believe that God is calling the church to go further. I believe God is calling the church. God don't want us just to plateau out. He wants to ever keep increasing, keep growing in the things of God. If, if you're content right here, that's called lukewarm. And that's a dangerous place to be, amen? We need to ever be growing in his grace and his knowledge, praise God. And as we're growing in him, he's revealing himself to us. He's revealing his word. He will use us for his glory and honor. I had the privilege uh, <clears throat> back in uh, February, another truck, two other truck drivers, we felt led to go down to Florida. So uh, one driver, he said, well, I'll drive, he said. And he drove all from Illinois. He drove all the way down there, straight down there. Uh, but we get there. We went there to do some witnessing and stuff. <clears throat> we ministered around the town. We ministered on the beaches and stuff. There were three of us. Each one of us had to talk to at least 50 people. Not one person was interested in the things of God. And we poured our heart out. But you know who would talk to us? Cultic people. Jehovah Witness and Mormon, they were more than willing to talk and share their, their doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. They would talk about that. But, but those who said they're Christians, they wouldn't talk about the word. They'd just wander away. They looked like they were, they were embarrassed of God or something, you know. And uh, the last night before we left, uh, we stopped at a restaurant to get a bite to eat. And we ordered our food, and uh, our waitress didn't really seem very interested in talking to me at all. <laughs> I didn't really talk, but she talked to the other two guys. But then by the time we got the bill, and she came back with the bill, she says, is there anything else, she says, uh, that I can do for you gentlemen, you know? I go, yeah, there is, young lady. I go, can I ask you a question? She says, sure. I go, if you were to die, where would you go, heaven or hell? I said, you're a young lady, you look like you're healthy, but where would you go? She goes, oh, my God. She says, I don't know where I'd go. I go, ma'am, with all due respect, if you don't know, you don't have assurance of salvation. You would die and go straight to hell. 
and you don't have to. Your sin debt's already been paid in full, but you've got a free will. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but you've got to repent. You've got to call upon him. With that, she had this big tray. She brought the food out. She took this tray. She ran over to the bar. She sat on the bar. The bartender goes, what are you doing? She goes, I'm going to repent. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus right now, she said. She came back. She says, help me to do this. And this young lady, she prayed and gave her heart to Jesus. And she said, thank you so much for thinking enough of me to share the truth with me. And she gave me a big old hug. We left uh, <clears throat> the next day. <clears throat> We're driving back. And uh, it was about midnight at night. Uh, I was riding shotgun. Brother Rick, he was driving his car. <clears throat> All of a sudden, Rick goes, oh, no. He said, I missed our turn. He said, now we're back there. I said, that's okay. But if you know a truck driver, that ain't okay. You know, he said, no, it's not okay. I missed my turn, he said. You know, I said, it's all right, Rick. I said, I believe God's got something down the road here for us. Well, we're, Rick was really upset. <clears throat> we drive about another hour. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning. We get to this convenience store slash gas station. We go in there. I was witnessing to the, uh, the cashier, a gentleman about my age, and uh, he professed to be saved. And so I got to pray for him and encourage him. As I'm walking out, there's a young man about 30 years old, and he's got arms about the size of my thighs, and got tattoos, a big black beard. And I, I open the door like this, I'm walking out, and he walks in, and we nod at each other and say hi. <clears throat> well, right away, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, tell me about me. And I didn't do it. I went to the car, and I got in the car, and the other driver, Pat, was his turn to drive. He started the car up, and I go, gentlemen, do you mind? I said, I go, the Holy Spirit told me I'm supposed to talk to that young man. He shuts the car off. He said, you go do what you need to do. So I went out there, and I waited, and I got about, about from me to you from him. I stood outside the door. I didn't go in. I waited for him to come out. When he came out, uh, he had his head down. I go, excuse me, sir. He goes, yes, sir. I go, I need to ask for your forgiveness. He goes, my forgiveness for what? I said, when you were walking in, I was walking out. I said, the Holy Spirit told me I'm supposed to talk to you about Jesus. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, this is powerful. He said everything down he had. He goes, okay. He said, let me have it. He said, I need to hear about the Lord. He said, you know, I got to share the gospel with this young man. Mm. As I did that, the whole time he's going, oh, man, this is deep. This is deep, he said. This is good. I've needed this all my life. Brought it down to him praying and receiving Christ. He said, yes, I want to pray. I need Jesus right now, he said. He goes, would you help me pray? We shall we grab each other's hands. I said a little prayer. His name is Joshua. I go, Joshua, God don't want to hear me pray right now. He wants to hear you pray. You cry out from your innermost being and ask for forgiveness. Repent and turn from your wicked ways. He did just that. When he got done, he grabbed me, hugged me. He said, man, I love you. He said, man, thank you, he said. He goes, I can't. He goes, where'd you come from anyway? I said, I'm from Illinois. I said, the Lord sent me here. I said, to share the gospel with you. As I shared that with him, he goes, man, he goes, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. And I'm standing out in the middle of a parking lot crying and hugging some man that I don't know. I said, brother, that's the power of God. That's God got a hold on you. He said, he touched you and saved you and changed you. I said, I want to introduce you to my two other two brothers. So I brought him over there and it was Rick and Pat. And I said, Joshua just gave his heart to the Lord. So they hugged each other and stuff. We got him a Bible and prayed for him. Uh, and here's the, our departing words. I go, Joshua says, what will your wife think when you go home now and you tell her everything that just took place here this evening? Will she think you're crazy? He says, no, she won't think I'm crazy. I said, and that's the first person you need to witness to. When you get home, you need to say, honey, <laughs> I met Jesus and tell her exactly what happened. And then you do the same thing with her. You share Christ with your dear wife and pray with her and see her come to salvation as well. And you guys find a good Bible preaching church and get plugged in and start serving the Lord. God will use us if we speak up for him. Amen? But, but if we're, we're, we're teetering on the fence, 
we're unstable in all of our ways and Lord will not use us. If today's the day of salvation, let me close with this question. Who would say, you know, I've never ever been born again and I believe God is speaking to me this morning. I'm going to ask that question. Who'd say, who believes you this morning God is speaking to you? Anybody? Well, some of you do. Amen. I know he's speaking to us. Because Isaiah 55 and 11, he says, God's word doesn't come back void. He does talk to us. Amen? If he's not speaking to you, we don't have our ears on. Amen? Who would say that God is speaking to me this morning, and he's saying, son, daughter, I want to shake you out of this lukewarmness, and I want you to be on fire for me. Who'd say that you as a Christian? God bless you, dear. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. One more question as I close. Who would say, you know, I've never been born again. And I believe God is speaking to me, saying, son or daughter, you need to repent and get saved today. Who'd say that's you? Who'd say that's you this morning? Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, for the privilege to be here. <clears throat> I just thank you, God, for these dear men and women that says, you know, I need more of Jesus in my life. God, help us all just to sell out to you and go all the way. Lord, show us what it's like, oh God, to live and abide in you. Father, that in Christ we, we live and move and have our very being. Father, I pray for fresh fire upon my brothers and sisters here this morning. Encourage them, love them, bless them. Give them a hunger and a thirst for your word that they've never had before. God, use them mightily for your glory and honor. And Father, I pray your best for the pastor, his dear wife, Lord God, for this church. That God, you use this church to turn this little city upside down for Jesus right here in Pawpaw, Illinois. We commit this all to your care. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you, saints.